Blog Talk Radio. God bless you, God bless you. Good evening. This is Brother Aaron Williams, and this is DTW Ministries. You're listening live on Facebook. You're listening live on Blog Talk Radio. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor. This is the 1714th episode, 319-527-6091. Again, 319-527-6091. Nine one. I'm 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 glad. I was just telling the pastor before we came on air that I'm glad that I'm saved. You know, um, and, and when I'm when I say that, my heart gets overwhelmed with gladness because I realize the fact that the Bible says that we can't even come unless He draws. My God and the goodness of God towards me. I don't know about you, but God's been good to me. The goodness of God that He He draws. My God, that he drew, right? By, by his foreknowledge, he called me by name. I'm so excited about just being saved when I know and recognize that I didn't deserve this salvation. Oh, but God, look at God. Look at what he's done. Hallelujah. I, I, I had took my sons down to the bank today, and um, I had went over some notes that I had taken about a week ago um, about the prodigal son, and I thought reflecting and starting, you know, just reading through, I pretty much had an idea that I was going to do the prodigal son today, you know, because the Lord impressed on me so much when I heard the message that I couldn't wait, you know, um, to regurgitate what he put in my spirit for you. Um, and that's what I'm finding out. I'm finding out that, you know, as the Lord deposits in me, it's not just for me. I'm the first partaker. I get it. My God, hallelujah. But as I'm writing more down, as I'm listening more, I'm listening to tapes, meditating more, getting into the word, you know, the Lord speaks through all kinds of means. So it's just a blessing to actually be here tonight with you. You know, and as always, let's open up with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. So, God, we do thank you. God, we do thank you. God, we do thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your loving kindness, for your tender mercy. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you move by your spirit, that you have your way. God, that you get glory to yourself tonight in Jesus' name. God, we pray for the anointing that destroys yokes, God, in the name of Jesus, for it's your anointing that destroys every yoke. Send the word word of encouragement, a word, God, a word of comfort, a word of courage, God, a word of power. Send the word of deliverance, God, hallelujah, to the ear, hallelujah, of those that are on the line and those that will see this video, God, those that will hear this message, hallelujah. Get glory to yourself. Hide flesh behind the cross in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I, I know we, we, we all know the story, or most of us know the story of the prodigal son, you know, and I'm trying not to get too, you know, loud in here, <laughs> but I'm already excited about it, um, that we know the story of the prodigal son. And, and, and the question that came about in, in, a, in a member's, um, member's ministry um, discussion is who really was the prodigal? You know, as we read and we go into the righteous living, the one who wasted his living, who left the father's house and went into all the different types of lifestyles, and he went and he wasted his money. Then the story says that then, after he had wasted all, then a great famine came. My God, hallelujah. Then, when he didn't have the means anymore, when he didn't have the support of his father, then a famine came. Hallelujah. But the story goes on towards the end, and he, then the father has to remind the son that stayed, son, everything I have belongs to you. You could have done this at any time. My God, I, we ask the question, who was really the particle? Who really wasted his life? My God, hallelujah. So I, I got to pray again right there. God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, the words that I say, God, that they're put forth plainly and with understanding that it may fall on good ground in Jesus' name. You know, I'm going to start in Luke 
chapter 15, and I'm going to actually start at verse 15. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start all the way at verse 11, and we're going to do a lot of reading today um, if we get through it. You know, as always, I'm going to say what the Holy Ghost puts in me to say, and when he lifts up up off me, that's when I'm going to stop talking. So whether I'm done, you know, in, in my mind or not, the important part but for me, I'm going to stop doing um what he's when he tells me to stop. You know, I'm turning that alarm off, man. So what we going? What I forgot to do is to turn the alarm off. So you might hear some chimes, the doors opening, you know, in the background. Um, but that's something that I overlooked. So I do apologize for that. But it says, let me start in um, Luke 15:11. He said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falleth to me. And he divided into them his living. And not many days after, you know, when you got that money, it'd be burning a hole in your pocket. The younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And that's where we get the word prodigal from, um, riotous living. Um, but again, just want to emphasize and put it in your mind for those who have that same attitude as the older son who didn't leave, the older son who didn't make any mistakes, the older son who didn't abandon his father, the older son who listened to and followed the laws of the house was upset and would not come in the house because, hey, he knew that this son had done some things that were um, what we would label as bad, you know, what we would label as, you know, as not the correct behavior for someone who, you know, you know when you when you have pride in your last name, you know, when you have pride in your family, and when you have pride in how you've been raised, you know, you sometimes become a little bit uppity, you know, about that. And he's like, I ain't coming in. This guy done did all this, and, and I'm here all the time, and you ain't do nothing for me. Ah, who, I'm going to keep asking that question throughout the night. Who really was the prodigal with righteous living? Verse 14, and when he had spent all their rose, a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. There's nothing like want that will bring a man to himself. There's nothing like not having the basic necessities that make a man realize without these things, without God. I heard um, Noah Jones say that if the devil is against you, if people are against you, your know, circumstances are against you, you still have God on your side. But, but if God is against you, who? can come to your rescue. You know, if the devil is on your back, you know, if, if circumstance has been beaten and weighing you down, God can come to your rescue. But when God is against you, who, who can rescue you? My God. And it says, and in verse 15 says, and he went and joined himself. And this is the this is the ploy. This is the attraction. This is the trap. This is the purpose of the enemy coming against the child of God, to have you to join yourself to something outside of God. As we read in the story at the very beginning of the prodigal son, that as soon as he got his substance, as soon as he got the money, as soon as he got his inheritance, it says not many days he left. He, he left from the safety of the father. He left from the safety of the presence of God. He left from the safety, from the security of the Father and went to, he didn't go down the street. He didn't go across the street. It says and he gathered and went into a far country. And, and, and I feel really, even right now, that this message is for those that know the Lord and you've been strained. You've been using and spending your substance on things that you know are not in the will of God for you. You've been doing things and you've been hearing the wooing of God. You went far away, but you still recognize the presence of God in your life. And I'm hoping that this reaches you before a great famine comes in your land. He joined himself to a citizen of that country. And the devil is trying to get you. He's bringing people in your circumstance. He's bringing people in your arena. He's bringing people in your habitation. He's bringing people in your life. My God, he's bringing people in your life that are not citizens of heaven. Listen, 
you are citizens. You have dual citizenship as a child of God. You have not just citizenship here in this earth, but you have citizenship in heaven. And the devil is trying to get you to renounce your citizenship and join yourself to someone, to something that's of a far country. It says, listen, and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to the fields to feed the swine. And we're not going to go into the, the, the portion that it was because him being a Jewish son, how defiled it was for him to even care for the swine. But we see it in the next verse that he would have slain. He longed. He was so hungry. He was so desperate. He was so broken. Listen, listen. does God have to really break you to get you to do what he's been asking you to do? Does God have to really take you to the end of yourself? to get you to listen to what he's been saying. Does God have to, my God, have it that you just long for crumbs, for pig's flesh, for the husk, to fill his belly with the husk that the swine did eat? And listen, no man gave to him. Surely when he had money, some of us even know we can recognize and relate that. When we had the money, we had the friends. When we had the money, the party was with us. Come on, set them up. Drinks for everybody. We recognize when we had substance, when we had the things and the goods of this world, we had friends. But it says now that a famine came and he had nothing, no man. That's what the Bible says. No man gave to him. Listen, no man means no man. Even the farmer who he went out to feed pigs didn't help him. My God, there's nothing like haters that want to see you fail, want to see you struggle, want to see you eat pig's food, want to see you on your belly, want to see you crawl, want to see you bathe. And God is still standing, my God. That's why the first R in that is the reflection of the prodigal son. The first R is reflection because there's nothing like when a man comes to himself. Let's read the next verse, verse 17. It says, when he came to himself, my God. Uh, some of you are already there. You're already in the point to come to. You're already in the point. Hallelujah. Hey, Anisha. Hey, Connie. You're already at the point, hallelujah, that you recognize that without God, substance is nothing. That without God, you can have everything and still have nothing. That without God, without the comfort of the Father, without the assurity of the Father, without the covering of our Father, my God, we have nothing except we abide in the vine. We have nothing, for we are but branches. It's one thing to have money, but when you have money, but you have no resource or source to continue to bring the money in, that money goes down little by little. And if you're not wise enough to give it to the money changes, to put it in the stock exchange, to do some investing, once that money that you have and you have nothing, no input, all you have is output, all you have is liabilities, my God, you, you're going to lose that money pretty quickly. And it says in verse 17, when he came to himself, he realized how many higher servants of my father have bread enough to eat and to spare. Not, not that they don't just eat, they eat good. And I perish with hunger. That's why when verse 18 brings us to going into from reflection into repentance, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I will arise. My God. It's one thing to recognize that you need help, but some people don't recognize that with the state that they're in, it's a low state. They, they, they haven't had the sense enough to see themselves as beneath circumstance. <laughs> they haven't realized or recognized that they've been placed in a low state of existence. 
but this son said, I will arise. He recognized that his current state was low because he had to recognize a greater standard. I want to tell you, child of God, God has a higher standard for you. And although I'm going in and out on Facebook and I see that my, my studio is going in and it's connecting and it's disconnecting, I don't care. I will arise and go. I will arise and go to my father. And I'm going to say to my father, listen, Dad, I messed up. I sinned. I've not just sinned against you. I sinned against heaven. I didn't just sin against what you said, dude. I sinned against what God said do. I haven't just sinned against the standard of living that you had me accustomed to. I sinned against the standard of living that the Lord held me accountable for. Because there's something to do things in a person's presence. But there's another thing when you still uphold the same standard and integrity when that person isn't around. My God, but I'm so glad that God is always here. I have sinned against heaven and before you. Listen, God, I'm, I'm so messed up. It says in verse 18, excuse me, verse 19, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me. If you would just accept that this is what true repentance really does for the heart. See, because some people say, hey, look, I'm here, I'm back, I'm the, I'm the man, I'm the woman, I'm the cat's meow, I'm the dog's bow wow, I'm the one that's gifted, I'm coming back, restore me, put me where I was. But this man reminds me of the two that prayed in the temple. One said, hey, I'm glad I ain't like this guy. You know, I, 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 I do this, I do that. And the other one, wouldn't, the Bible says he wouldn't even lift up his head, look towards heaven, but just beat his chest and say, have mercy on me. Which one, which, where do you fall in with that? <laughs> I'm no more worthy, my God. Nothing like disappointment in yourself. We've been disappointed in other people. And, and, and I was asking today, how do you get delivered from you? Yeah, we deliver from people. We, we got power over the enemy. But what about when you're the enemy? What, what about when it's self that's the problem? What, what, what about when it's you that's the afflictor? You afflicting yourself. This son came to himself. Many of us need to come to ourselves tonight. And realize that without God, we are nothing. That without God, we would fail. That's why we move from repentance immediately. The Father, he rose and said, let's read through. Verse 20, and he arose and came to his Father, my God. But when he was yet a great way off, his Father saw him, the dynamic of that, my God, is because the father had been looking for him the whole time. God's not looking for our demise. God's not looking for us to fall. God's not looking for us to fail. But he is looking for us to come. I don't think you heard that. God is not looking for you to fall. He, he didn't send you out into the world that the world would beat you down, beat you under, and take advantage of you. But he's not stopped looking for you. It says while he decided, when he decided to come, his father was already looking for him. And, and, and the way I feel this is, yeah, I always relate myself to the prodigal son, both the older son and the younger son. My God, how they read it. When he was, his father saw him and had compassion on him, listen, and ran. Wait, let, 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 let me read that slow. It says, and ran. Not the son. The son didn't run. The father ran. It's a song I'm thinking of now. Ran to me, took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said, my son, come home again. Lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes with forgiveness in his voice. He said, son, do you know I still love you? 
They caught me by surprise when God, the Father, ran. See, the prodigal son story is not about the son. It's not about how much we mess up. It's, it's not about how much we forsake righteousness, forsake the things of God, forsake the Father's house, forsake, hallelujah, our walk with God. It's about the Father. The, the story of the prodigal son is about the Father. And the Father is looking for you. The Father is looking for you and I. The Father, my God, the Father is looking for us. He's running for us. So Fred Hammond sang the song that I'm running after you, running back to you. But the prodigal son story lets us know that it was God that was. It was God that showed urgency. It was God, my God, that showed compassion. Let me read verse 20 again. And he arose. And he came to his father. Yeah, our first step is to begin to come. When we rise up, my God, hallelujah. When we decide in our mind, I'm going back. In my mind, I might have been still. My posture may have still been for me to sit down. My posture may have been for me still to lay down. But once I got it in my mind and got in my spirit that I'm getting up, my father stood up. He began to wait with expectation because he saw the expectation to move in me. Even before I decided to do it, he stood up. My God, what a loving God we have that we see him so clearly in this story. It says, and the great way off his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck. And kissed him. You would think that the son would do that when he saw the father. You would think that the son would be the one running when he saw his father at the gate. But it says that the father ran. What reconciliation is that? That's another R for you. Hallelujah. And kissed him. Some on his neck. The father showing such an outward display of affection for a son that had did him dirty, for a son who had taken all that he had of his inheritance and wasted it like he had no home training. We know how we are when our children act like they ain't been trained, like they do something that embarrasses us, how upset we are. But this father, when he saw him, had compassion. Hallelujah. I'm imagining that he might have been raggedy. He might have been dirty. He, he, he might have been stinky. He might have looked a certain way. His clothes, he didn't see an entourage behind him. He didn't see all of his riches with him. He didn't see what he had gave him that was with the son when he left. Because it says that he divided up what he had. So his son left with substance and came back with nothing. His son left with wealth and came back with poverty. His son left, my God, with a good name and came back longing to eat the husk that the swines did eat. But his father, my God, I got to read that again myself. But his father had compassion. Listen, and his son went through his lines of forgiveness, his lines of repentance that he had rehearsed. And he said, and the son said, I have sinned against you, against heaven, and in your sight, I am no more worthy to be called your son because the son had a, had an inkling of what he believed his father or an outlook of what he believed his father should have thought. You know, sometimes we put our own guilt on others. Well, if I was you, because it says the son said, and I am in your sight. The way you see it, I know you see me this way, Dad, that I'm not worthy to be your son. I know that this is what I would do if I was you. It's what the son said. If I were you, you know, this is how I would see me. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Verse 22, as we go into the next uh, restoration, but the father said to his servants, he didn't even respond to what the son said. He, in his heart, he said, get out of here with that nonsense. You know, 
go get the best robe. My God, I can see it. I can see it. Hallelujah. Say to the third, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. That's my son. And put a ring on his hand and put shoes on his feet. So, you know, he came probably in sackcloth and ashes. He came in the clothes that were for working in the pig pen. But his father said, uh, that's my son. Get that offering. I'm with the best robe on him. Hallelujah. And we know that if he had to had to put shoes on his feet, it doesn't say it, but it implies it because of Jewish culture. If he's putting on shoes, they had to wash his feet. Put a ring on his hand. Hallelujah. If he was well, since the father was wealthy, it had an insignia on it that says you belong to this house. I can see us in glory now, in our white robes, in our crowns that we laid at his feet. I can see us coming as he's saying, my God, hallelujah. Bless your sister, hallelujah, that God has provided for us. Put it on him and put a ring on his hand and put shoes on his feet. Listen, and bring his of the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Because after we've restored, see, we, we want to walk around in this guilt trip, but the Father cut all that out. said, I'm restoring you. Now it's time to party. <laughs> because we go to our fifth R, rejoicing. Hallelujah. Rejoicing. Hallelujah. It says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents and over 99 just people. And the Lord is searching for that one, for that one that believes they've done so much that God is not looking at them any longer as a son. I want to read that again. Verse 21, and the son said, listen, this is what the son said to the father. This is our outlook of how God looks at us. This is our outlook of how we believe God looks at us because of all the craziness we've done, all the riotous living that we've done, all the sinfulness that we've done, all the lies that we've told. We look at ourselves and say, this is the mindset of God. But this father in this story shows us the mindset of God. It says, and the son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven. And in thy sight am no more worthy to be called my son. It, it reminds me of the 11 spies, of the 10 spies that came back to give a report to Joshua. And they said, well, yeah, well, they were giants there. And, and we, you know, in their eyes, we, we looked like grasshoppers. How do they know how the giants saw them? But that reminds me, this saying that the son said reminds me of that. We, we perceive and project our own thoughts on someone else. We, we, we've broken relationships because of the way we thought a person thought about us when we never communicated to them. We never talked to them. We projected. We perceived out of our own perception what they thought and reacted to what we believed, whether it was true or not, because we felt it, because we thought it, because we dreamt it. You know, have you ever responded to someone negatively because you dreamt negative about them? We project our thoughts on others. And this prodigal son projected his thoughts, his feelings, his emotions on his father, but his father stopping midstream and told his servant, he didn't even respond to the son. He said, go get the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and put shoes on his feet, my God, and bring hither the fattest calf, verse 23, and kill it. Let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead. My God, we have a God. Yeah, maybe it's just me, but we have a God, hallelujah, that calls us his sons 
and his daughters. No, no longer servants, but sons. No longer servants, but heirs. My God. But it, it does not yet appear what we shall be. It's what it says in First John. But when he appears, we know this. When he appears, we're going to be like him. Listen, right now we have the earnest expectation of the spirit on the inside. We have the earnest of the spirit. We have a token of what God has deposited in the earth, living in the spirit of each and every believer. We have a part of heaven's inheritance already on the inside. (laughs) This is exciting stuff. Listen, listen, I, I got it because this, this thing blessed me so much this morning. And the son said, I, let, me, let me jump back down to verse 23. Bring the fatty cat and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. Listen, again. <laughs> and it all for me ties into being born again. My God, how it is. He was lost and is found. And they began to be. Mary, God is waiting to rejoice. We understand that the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to happen in heaven, and that's after not the great white throne judgment, but the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat, where Christ will judge the righteous thing. My God, how did we because the great white throne judgment, no one at that judgment, no one at that throne will be born again. My God, no one at that throne will be born again. You want to be at the judgment seat of Christ. You want to be judged by God, the Son. You want to be judged by Jesus, the righteous judge. You don't want to be judged by God, the Father. Because those that make it to the great right throne judgment is because you have not received Christ as your Savior. I challenge you to read through this story in Luke about the prodigal son. Read it a couple of times. You know, um, read um, chapter 15 in Luke from verse 11 all the way down to verse 32. And I'm not going to get into it tonight. I did touch it just briefly as we talked about the son that did not come in. There's a son that said, what's going on? What's the party? And the father let them, and that servant let them know your brother came home. And your father killed the fatted calf, you know, and did all this stuff for her. And the son would not go in. But the father came out even to him. Listen, God is preparing us in wherever we are. Whether you're in the house of God, we still need help. Whether you're out in the streets and you don't want to come into the house of God, we still need help. And we have a loving and compassionate father. It doesn't matter where you are. You might be in church hiding. You might be in the streets hiding. But wherever you're hiding, you have a compassionate father. You say, it's it's a situation where I was in where I knew I should have called a friend of mine. I knew I should have called him, but I didn't. And the time of mourning came and went. And then I didn't call him after that. And I should have called him, but I had let so much time pass that I felt embarrassed now to call, and I didn't call him. Some of us have been in church for a long time, and we've been faking the phone. We, we, we know we haven't been living righteously. We know we haven't been living according to what God has said do. We've been saying little smart prayers of repentance on the side, but still on the sidebar, slipping and sliding, peeping and hiding, shucking and jiving into the things of God. And God is saying, it's time to come home. (laughs) It's time to come home. Time is winding up. Then we have those that are just blatantly out. They, They know in their heart, they feel the love of God but their life doesn't match up. You're a prodigal son. You're a prodigal daughter. And you want to come, 
But in your mind, you think that the father says you're no longer worthy to be called my child. You think in your mind, if you go back to God, he's going to punish you all the craziness that you've got away with. He's going to take away the riches that you've accumulated out in the world. But you have a wise and compassionate father. You you have a loving and patient father. And he's waiting for you. Matter of fact, he's running towards you if you would just arise. If you would just come up out of your place complacency, if you would just come up out of your place of settle, if you would just come up out of your place of comfort, if you would just come to yourself and realize the Father is calling you home, I pray that the Holy Ghost would arrest you right now in the name of Jesus, those that will hear and see this broadcast, that the Holy Spirit would arrest you in your spirit. And you would hear these two words from the Spirit of God tonight. Come home. Come home out of the disco. Come home out of the club. Come home out of the bar. Come home out of the church house. My God, God is calling us from the four corners of the earth, wherever you are. You may be in the church, and God is still telling you, Come home, come home. I heard this song in my spirit this morning, so I'm going to sing a little bit of it, and then we're going to have the altar calls a song that our former pastor used to sing um, at the altar call, but I heard it ringing in me, so I had to make sure I got the words because <laughs> I remembered the chorus, but I didn't remember the verses to it. So as I sing it, I pray that the Holy Spirit talks to you. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portal, he's watching and waiting, waiting for you and for me. Come home. Come home, ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinners, come home. I'll just sing one more. Oh, for the wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. Come home, come home. You are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinners, come home. If that's you, you may be a practical wherever you are. Hallelujah. I want to pray with you tonight. The sinner's prayer is a prayer of repentance that we've rehearsed. Hallelujah. But after after the prayer, I want you to stay on the line, stay on the air with us, because our engineer, our pastor, um, you know, those that work behind the scenes are going to come and give you some information on how you can walk the life of a disciple of Christ as we pray this prayer. Repeat after me. Say, God, be merciful, a sinner. Forgive me of my sin and wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
save my soul and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I ask it in Jesus' name and to his glory. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, come to my heart and become Lord and Master of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Amen. Let me pray for you. God, I do thank you and I bless you for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, whoever has repeated and will repeat this prayer. God, that you would give them a tangible touch. God, that you would not just save, but that you would deliver in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. I rebuke you of the life of everyone who has repeated this prayer in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to them now, warring and ministering angels that on their behalf, hallelujah, that you would beat back the forces of darkness in the name of Jesus off of their lives. Holy Spirit, that you would birth in them the desire of the sincere milk of the word that they may grow by it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Our brothers or our pastors coming on the line now to give you some further instructions on your Christian walk. What I would say is if you're in the Philadelphia area, my God, that you would make your way down to the Deliverance Evangelistic Church, which is on 2001 West Lehigh Avenue, or 21st and Pastor Benjamin Smith Senior Avenue. My God, hallelujah. So we thank God for you. And then we're going to come on with some instructions for you and some announcements. Then we'll come back on with um, a brief final word and um, closing in prayer. God bless you. All right, all right. Thanks so much, Reverend Williams. And I did enjoy tonight's episode. And uh, real quickly, I'll go ahead and, and uh, do the announcements. This is a uh, <clears throat> this is a part of the Purpose Kim Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where you, in the world you are. Whether you're listening to us online or via phone, we greatly appreciate your listenership and your support. And we also appreciate those that share with their friends and family members uh, and letting them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do live broadcast, we broadcast on live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And when we do a live broadcast, we do have a calling number, which is 319-527-6091. And you can just press the number 1 anytime you want to talk to any of our hosts, and we'll let you in. Uh, also, uh, on that same website, www.blogtalkradio.com uh, backslash Purpose Kingdom, if you want to hear any of our uh, previous shows, you can simply type in the host name or the show name, and you can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. All right, and um, also, uh, we invite you to like us on Facebook at Purpose Kingdom, where you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. And from time to time, we do make an announcement uh, there on that uh on that web uh on our website there at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. So don't forget uh to like us and that way you will be updated on everything uh concerning Purpose Kingdom. Uh we do have a radio show which is Purpose uh PKNradio.com. Uh once again it's PKNradio.com and when you go on there you can listen to twenty four hours of music of inspiration and um Please don't forget to share with your friends and family members. All right. And uh, tomorrow is going to be Wednesday, so with God's own God's blessing, uh, we will have a special program uh, going on at the 9 p.m. hour. And uh, please don't forget to uh, rejoin us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour where we'll have a special show on. And uh, just feel free to join in and uh, check it out. Uh, with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements. And uh, we hope everybody uh, enjoys tonight's program. And uh, Minister Williams is going to, I mean, Reverend Williams is going to close us out for tonight. And Reverend Williams, we're going to turn the show back over into your hands. Yes, sir. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you so much, Rob. God bless you. You know, we do, again, salute Brother Rob for his faithfulness, you know, and um, Reverend Toy um, for their faithfulness working behind the scenes and working a switchboard and those who call in and it's 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 truly a blessing 
you know, um, it might seem at times, I know my um, video possibly be buffering because I'll see it at the top of my screen, um, but to have the broadcast and to have it work through so seamlessly on their end, you know, um, if there's any problems with the video, that's all on my end, um, but their work, you know, is, you know, impeccable. Their work is you know, immaculate. <laughs> they work is great, you know, and I appreciate what they do behind the scenes to make a brother sound good. You know, um, people don't realize that working wherever you work, when you're a Christian, it's all ministry. You know, because you're doing it all to the glory of God. You know, so, and the upbuilding of the kingdom. So, I do appreciate all that they do. But it's not a time that I don't think about the goodness of God because, as I said earlier, that I was definitely the prodigal son that left and the prodigal son that stayed. You know, the prodigal son that stayed didn't use what God had available for him the whole time. The son that left think that those things that the father provided was no longer available. But the father reminded them, you're still my son. You might be dirty. You might be messed up. You might be clean shaven. You might be in a suit. You might have a title. My God, you might have baby mama's off. You might have whatever your life leads up to in your favor or to your detriment. But whatever you have, you ought to remember often that you have a loving and compassionate father. My God, hallelujah. We thank God. I, I could just sit right there on the love of God. It's the love of God. And we don't just recognize the love of God in spite of what we do. Because the Bible reminds us that this is the love of God from me to him. I know what his love looks like from him to me. <laughs> Excuse me, but from me to him, this is the love of God, that you keep my commandments. I know you didn't want to hear that. I know you didn't want me to go there after I talked so long about love. You know, you, you were used to it, thought I was going to just continue to just give out goosebumps and nice feelings. And that is what I think we sometimes mistake our love for. Love is not just an emotion. Love is not just a feeling. Love is commitment. Listen, listen to listen to a brother who messed up a lot. It don't matter how much you say it. It doesn't matter how deeply you feel it. It doesn't matter how many actions you do around it. Yo, buy clothes, buy things, go here, do that, do this. If your commitment is not at the level of your promise, if your commitment is not at the level of your calling, if your commitment is not at the level of your expectancy, what is your love? We know God loves us. But do we really love God? That's my challenge for you. Again, this is Reverend Aaron. This is DTW Ministries on Blog Talk by Way of Purpose Kingdom Network. As Rob reminded, we do have archives where you can go back, you know, for the past five years for DTW Ministries to look at. And I always encourage people to go ahead and binge listen, you know, because on the website, on Blog Talk, there's no video. You know, we just started doing this live Facebook, I believe, the earlier part of this year or last year when we started doing live um, on Facebook. But for Blog Talk, it's all audio. So you can go ahead and stream it while you drive. And you got to drive to California. You got to drive to Texas. You know, you got to drive over 100 miles. Go ahead and make sure you get your, you know, auto play, Google play on your phone or your 
car connection, your know, connectivity in these new cars, you know, and go ahead and find Blog Talk, find BTW Ministries, Reverend Aaron Williams, and just push play and just listen for the whole drive. You know, definitely minister to your spirit, minister to me every time I listen to it, every time I minister, because I believe that the word hits the man, the woman of God first that God speaks to the need in your spirit, speaks to the need that you need to pay attention to or from where you are that you can relate at a deeper level and bring revelation through your spirit than what the spirit of God is speaking to you. Not to give your own interpretation, but to be in harmony with what the Holy Spirit is saying at the level you know, of <laughs> of debauchery. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, we, we, we have to, as saints of God, be careful of our proclivities and recognize what they are and be honest to God and take them to the Lord in prayer. And God, and God, and the Holy Spirit will keep you if you want to be kept. God, we do thank you and bless you for this time. Thank you for the lessons that we've learned. And there's so much more in there, God, about the prodigal son. Thank you. Hallelujah. And you've helped us to recognize that both sons were prodigal. And the story is truly about you and your love for us. So we thank you for loving us when we were unlovable. We thank you for loving us when we were self-righteous. We thank you for loving us when we were stinky, God. We thank you for loving us in our stinking attitudes. We thank you for loving us when we were suffering, God. And we thank you for loving us when we sin not only against heaven, but in your sight. And we're no longer worthy in our eyes to be called your child, but you loved us, God. And we thank you. We pray, God, even the words that have gone through on this air, because we know your word says it will not return to your voice, but it will accomplish what you sent it out to do. And we thank you for your will is to save. Your will is to heal. Your will is to deliver. Do it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You have a great evening. Remember, God loves you. And so do I. God bless you. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose.